welcome, fiends, to Handle Whiskare. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Podcast Network, discussing horror movies and the phobias that they emphasize. With me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts, Holly Hooch and John. And guys, it's been a couple of weeks, a couple of scheduling issues. I was out in Vegas for a bit. You know, we doubled up our last recording. Now we're back with another double record week. A lot, a lot of moving pieces, uh, but, you know, we got some very intriguing movies to cap off the month, uh, and, you know, all month long, we've been doing uh, Coilerophobia films, which is the fear of clowns, so we've kind of hit uh, different decades, some different subgenres within uh, the genre, and, uh, you know, tonight's film is... One that I really only knew about because of Eli Roth, which we'll get into here in in just a bit. But I'm really excited for tonight because this is one of the clown movies that has a lot of standout moments that really help separate it from the pack. Even though this is, you know, kind of like a semi-recent release. I'm trying to remember like when it was released. Was it like 2010 or was it later? It was filmed in 2012. It was okay. released in Italy in 2014, and then 15 for the UK, and then 16 for the US. Nice. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it was one of those, uh, for me, I, I think it was one of those Netflix releases mm. where it popped up on Netflix out of nowhere. This was the first time that I, I, that I saw the movie, so that was, that was really exciting and fun. <laughs> All right, well, uh, with that being said, of course, just a few general notes before we introduce tonight's topic. Uh, We do have our weekly watch parties being held on Stream Lounge every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, This month, we have been doing Shutter Selects, and we are watching the Korean slasher Dream Home uh, tomorrow night, which... I absolutely adore that movie, so come check it out. It's free to sign up using your uh, Shutter subscription, and if you can't catch it live, you can always catch the broadcast uh, after the fact also on their website. Now, I said that if you are looking to support the show, uh, we got a couple of different things. We have merchandise available on TeePublic at TeePublic.com slash HandleWithScare, and then we also have our Patreon at Patreon.com slash HandleWithScare, where... We have tiers starting at just $1 a month. You can earn early access to anything that we release. You can get first looks. You can have our uh, watch-along commentary tracks that we do for each phobia and so much more, uh, including phobia selections and movie picks for the podcast as well. So a lot of stuff happening on that front. Uh, So go check that out. Uh, So... Get it back on track here. So last week, uh, you know, we found out what a clown would be uh, if he weren't actually a clown. Turns out you'd be a machete uh, welded, you know, murderer in in this case with The Last Circus, uh, which was a very intriguing watch or rewatch in this case for me. And tonight we have a far more nightmarish scenario uh, with one of the most intriguing Chuck E. Cheese sequences in cinema history. Not that there's many, but that part of the movie, fucking fantastic. So, John, uh, this is your selection, so why don't you go ahead and introduce tonight's film? Well, uh, as I was saying, I think this was 
one of those movies where I was just on Netflix looking around and it just happened to be one of the new pop-ups on there and w- watched it back in, I think, in 2016 or so when it came out. Um, and it's, of course, a movie about a d- suburban dad who finds a clown suit and wants to fill in as the birthday party clown who uh, canceled at the last minute. And so he puts on the... That's a bad luck. What we soon to find out haunted or demonic <laughs> clown suit uh, <laughs> to be the clown for his son. And, and then, you know, it goes from there, basically. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because it's, it's a really funny premise. <laughs> it reminds me, the premise, the setup and the premise of it reminds me a lot of a Tales from the Crypt kind of yes. story. You I would know? agree. Mm-hmm. And which leads, I'll get to it in a little bit. One of my s- small complaints about the movie, the, the Tales, it relates to that, but I'll get to that later. Okay. But that's basically the premise the setup. for it, which Definitely a general fun watch, I would say. It's a say, very fun watch, I would agree. A generally good movie, but yeah, yeah. So I don't, you guys want to... Just jump in. <laughs> well, I, I want to say, like, first off, for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, uh, it was directed by John Watts, uh, who has been a pretty busy bee here as of late with the recent Spider-Man trilogy, uh, including the last one, which was No Way Home. Uh, so he's part of the Andrew Garfield trilogy, uh, oh, okay. which is still ongoing at this time. And uh, I, I want to say he's also attached to direct the Fantastic Four reboot. I've for, seen that Marvel as well. And when did the uh, the 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 when did he start directing the Spider-Man movies? Ooh, okay. When was the first one? That was Homecoming. So he's done the three. That was twenty seventeen, I want to say. Okay, so then that kind of makes sense as to why the movie got buried. This one, that is. What that they they're in shame. <laughs> well, maybe because they wanted to propel him into you know the spot, the limelight, or whatever you want to call it, the spotlight, mm-hmm. and they kind of wanted to like you know sweep this one under the rug where he's killing kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say like this was his like his first big feature. Because he had done, like, a couple, like, music video directing before yeah, this. Yeah, then he did, like, Killer Cop or something, or something cop movie. Which uh, was the first for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That is the pattern now, where you make a couple of small, independent, kind of horror, weird movies, and then they just draft you right into, like, the billion-dollar Marvel movie. It makes sense, Or Star Wars movie. I mean, like, that's a really... E- I mean, it, it makes lots of sense that they're doing it that way, because it's like, wow, you see a director, and he's got, like, some talent and vision, you're like, let's book him! Because <laughs> you know he's going to be cheaper, he's not going to say no, and uh, he's and not He's not going to have an attitude about it. Easier for the studio to maybe control him a little bit. Oh, yeah! Absolutely! <laughs> doesn't have that much clout yet exactly and that's i think that's where they're going with this and also like the you know the superhero movies they they kind of sell themselves and Mm -hmm. like kind of direct themselves a little bit you know like they're not gonna they're not gonna be horrible is what i'm saying and those uh (laughs) those spider-man movies do have a little bit of a horror element to them too which Mm -hmm. you can kind of see it a little you know a little dark aspect 
just won't be to the same degree as the next Doctor Strange because of uh, Sam Raimi in this case. But that's a tale for another day. Let's let's talk about this movie. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, a last minute cancellation uh, basically leads up to a very nightmare situation. So you have Kent and Meg uh, who are putting on a birthday party for their son, Jack, only to have uh, their entertainment clown they hired cancel right before the event. Uh, so Kent, the father, who is a real estate agent, which actually ties into this, uh, ends up finding this old clown suit in the basement of one of the houses that he is selling on the market. You know, seems like a win-win situation, right? Uh, not quite. Uh, so, you know, he puts the suit on, he, you know, goes to the party, he provides the entertainment for said party, uh, and he ends up falling asleep with the costume still on afterwards. Uh, the only problem is, well, you know, the damn thing just won't come off. Uh, so, you know, with no other choice at this point, he has to go into work the next day still wearing this clown suit. And, you know, he comes back home from, you know, the day at the office. Meg is there questioning, like, you know, what the fuck? Why are you still wearing that thing? Why don't you just take it off? Oh, gee, Meg, I don't know. Don't you think I fucking tried that already? <laughs> like, <laughs> just the, the conversation is just so obvious where it's like, wow, thanks. I never would have thought of that. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> And they have that great, uh, I mean, like, they, there's a little bit of comedy in, in some of the scenes. I mean, in a lot of the scenes. And, and of course, one of the, the, the favorites across all of all of the reviews is him showing up at a work site, mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to hide his clownness under a beanie mm -hmm. and a padded jacket, but you can still see it. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, that scene was funny. The, the, well, he's walking the, up into the guy. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you need help with that? <laughs> I, I sort of felt like, the, just to jump right into it with the in the beginning, is that, as I was kind of saying, it felt like a Tales from the Crypt kind of mm -hmm. uh, feel to it. Or maybe I didn't say that in the recording, but I... I I forget if I said this. You said it. We were talking about it a little bit before we started. <laughs> we but, uh, so it feels like a Tales from the Crypt kind of feel to the overall story, which I kind of wish in the beginning that they had set up a little more or gone in the direction of like maybe that the dad was kind of a jerk or kind of like too wrapped up in his yeah, job kind of thing. that would have been nice. So that you get that kind of moral... Like superiority over aspect, him, where he's mm -hmm. going to be punished for being a bad dad, kind of thing. Like I, I do have to say, like there were a couple of uh, things in the movie that I kind of wish they'd done a little differently, and that's like basically one of them because it's so hard to uh, enjoy the kills and the and the some of some of the body horror, which is ridiculous in itself because of the premise. But then they're playing it straight on the on, on the other hand, so it's like. And the only reason his kid is 10 years old and still wants a fucking clown at his party is because his bully has to be old enough to kill. I mean, if he'd been like seven, it'd be too rough to kill his bully. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe I'm wrong. But let's not jump. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, for, first things first. You know, we have to go through the attempts of actually trying to take off the clown suit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, wifey Meg is... Uh, 
you know, trying to get in on the action in this case with, you know, a pair of, like, tweezers trying to, like, rip the fake clown nose <laughs> off of Kent's face. Uh, I mean, it, she got it off, uh, but also, you know, a good chunk of Kent's nose with it as well. And you see, you know, the their dog Shadow uh, eating the, the clown nose that also has, you know, some of the, uh, the cartilage from Kent's face <laughs> in it as well. <laughs> You know, I like that uh, that Chinatown move that they pulled where, like, you know, like, in the movie, like, Jack Nicholson gets oh, his yeah, nose yeah. punched, and then he's wearing, like, a bandage over for his nose for the whole movie, mm-hmm. and they did the same thing. It was kind of fucking hilarious. I, like <laughs> that that. Is, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then he, and he's trying to cut it off, trying to cut the sleeve off. Wrist, and, his wrist accidentally, yeah. which I'm glad that that healed up so quick. And uh, and then of course the uh, what is it the something what is that called that little saw that he was using on himself oh the band saw band saw mm-hmm. yeah trying to get that part off and then of course breaking it which kind of reminded me of the fly a bit when he's oh, you yeah. know starting to transform and and his fingernails are falling out they didn't put a big emphasis on it but you could see his fingernails were kind of starting to come out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clown. He, he was getting claws. That was neat. That was neato. But mm-hmm. not before he he meets like well, he meets somebody who has already had interactions with the suit. That so after he calls the guy, right? Yeah. Right. He uh, he ends up trying to put on some makeup so that he can sneak into his office and get information about who owned the house where he found the uh, the suit. And of course, you know, doesn't really get too far there. But he he is able to track down. Uh, a symbol on the box, on the trunk, and then that takes him to Peter Stormare. How do you pronounce his last name? He's awesome. I love him. Mm-hmm. He should have been clown. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy he Not meets up with is uh, Herbert Carlson. That's um. Wait, who's the I'm one who had the, who had the the costume prior? And he is um. What's the guy? The from, actors, that's what uh, I'm saying. The yeah. actor is the guy from Big Lebowski. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is, but he's been it's in Peter uh, Stormare. Oh, is that his name? I yeah. think so. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Like I said, like, I kind of really liked him. I think he would have, and you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, dish too much on on the on the main actor that was playing Kent, but because uh, he, he he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it would have been nice to inject a little weirdness into that character a little mm-hmm. bit, more. and then he could have been an. And then you're like, yeah, become a clown, eat some kids. Well, I, I think, too, kind of like aided into why it felt a little off was primarily because there was a lot of emphasis with Meg's father fucking right. hated Kent for like no reason. <laughs> He's such a nice dad, you know, like why? There's no reason to hate yeah. him. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is the problem is like he needed to be more of it need to be one of those stories where he's a jerk and then at, by the end uh, he redeems himself he redeems because himself. he sees the air his ways but he's still fucked because he messed he but he can at least like yeah. fight against the, yeah. you know, and prevent the demon from yeah. doing the thing but there needed to be an arc for him which there really wasn't other no. than just he was transforming but. Yeah, there wasn't a big thing with his character as a dad. I, this almost should have been like a 
liar liar type of movie you know if you've seen that Harry movie like almost that type of a thing because they have the kid relationship mm-hmm. and the he's the bad dad who's not you know paying attention Jim Carrey would have made a lovely clown yeah, I'm sure if they could have asked him they probably would have tried to you know he's uh they, they should have tried well and I'm sure they probably wanted the that other guy to play more of a role, but I imagine he's like, I'm not putting paint on my fucking face. <laughs> well, he was probably the big, he's kind of the biggest actor. He's a big, he's a big get. In so movie, yeah. They probably had to limit his, you know, they were paying him probably the most out of everybody that to limit his. The time. movie cost 1.5 million to make, and I think it That's grossed like 2.6. So a modest mm-hmm. return, but still pretty solid, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, we're oh, and with executive producers. The Weinsteins. Oh, is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And now, because we do the show, I pay attention to the fucking mm-hmm. names, and now I'm like, the Weinsteins? What? And then uh, the Cappuccino that. family. I was like, the Cappuccino? Okay. So that was kind of fun, too. Sure. So apparently, uh, uh, this there was, uh, John Watts made a fake movie trailer him and his buddy and i forget his buddy's name unfortunately okay. but they made a fake movie trailer about this oh, and then they the said movie. yeah and then they said that it was eli roth that eli roth was behind it even though he wasn't at all and then eli roth apparently thought that was real ballsy and it showed some gumption that's not the right word moxie and um <laughs> gumption words yeah okay and 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 then went forward and and helped them produce the movie Tim actually made yeah and in the uh, and in the fake trailer, it's not like an old timey clown costume. It's just a straight up regular polyester costume, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, that could be more like you know Tywin with like John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. kind of you know like his old clown suit or something like that. Or no, a clown in an opera house, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. I know, they kept reminding me of that movie, too, because it always had that similar kind of feel with, mm-hmm. the, with the crazy clown guy who becomes a murderer. What a ride, man. Clown one. And it's a long one, too. <laughs> well, it's a good I mean, thing we're, we're ending on the more bizarre, bizarre notes. Uh, but anyway, so during this meeting uh, between Carlson and Kent, we get a little bit of the like mythology behind the clown suit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the costume is the hair and the skin of this ancient Icelandic demon. Not really, but in Very a movie. Bad. Movie movie meta. Uh, and, uh, and during this whole interaction, Carlson actually ends up drugging Kent and reveals that the only way to prevent Kent from becoming the demon is to decapitate him by cutting off his head. Uh, so, you know, we have a scuffle here, and Kent does manage to fend off Carlson. Uh, and, you know, he looks to file a police report of the assault that happens. Uh, but, of course, you know, we kind of have the metamorphosis of him turning into this demon, progressing further and further. Uh, so this is when we start to see, like, the fingers and his toes growing excessively uh, in Alonin and, you know, cause, causing Kent to crash his car in, in this moment. So, you know, there's quite a few different elements of body horror the deeper the transformation gets so you kind of see the progress from the start to the finish because you know initially it's like okay i can't get the clown suit off and then it is you know the wig uh that kent was wearing starts to actually become his actual hair uh 
And, you know, like, we had, like, the what the doctor believed at the time to be, like, the suicide attempt when he was trying to cut the suit oh, uh, when mm -hmm. he hit his wrist. And uh, that kind of comes into play later uh, with the decapitation aspect because, you know, we do have uh, kind of like that suicidal <coughs> tendency from Kent to try to actually kill himself using a couple of uh, saw blades, mm -hmm. uh, which is another, like, very interesting scene, too, because he has... Like, this smaller scene where, like, he befriends this kid. And obviously, like, children with this demon are hand-in-hand hand because the only way to get rid of it is to basically feed five children to this demon, and then the suit is freed, essentially. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, back and forth on whether or not, you know, can we actually sacrifice a kid? Uh, especially with Meg in this case, that goes a little bit uh, too far. And then, you know, things kind of turn from there. But man, I just I, I like the fact that they didn't just completely brush over like, oh, yeah, it's just like a cursed suit. No, we actually got mythos. We got like these drawings, <laughs> uh, which are actually pretty terrifying. We got from uh, what was it? The. Shoot. The entity. The entity, right? <laughs> we were making fun of that earlier. It's like, at least it's a proper looking haunted book, not just a fucking binder from Kinko's or some shit. <sighs> and it had cool old timey had drawings. And old timey drawings, that's what we need. Mm -hmm. Clown demons. <laughs> and the history of the clown. That was a lot of fun. But you know, you uh, we, we can talk a little bit about his attempts. Like, of course, the, the most notable one is when he shoots himself and, and he tries to kill himself by shooting himself in the head through the mouth. Mm -hmm. And it splatters behind him in a rainbow blood, mm -hmm. which again, like, it goes from serious to, to not serious to serious to not serious. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the final one... <laughs> He gets to like a Home Depot and he's buying all this stuff to like kill himself. And the guy's like, You're pulling a funhouse or something? <laughs> and the guy looks so distressed and and already like really insane. And he's just gonna make small talk with a crazy clown. Who does that? I mean, I get it from the small children, they're children, but not from the grown ups. Mm. But that's just me. Yeah, the, the rainbow blood was good. That was pretty good. And we, I think we saw that again later, too, when he got splattered and it was all kind of green and blue and rainbow-colored. Rainbow-colored. And he comes, instantly comes back to life. So a lot of the, uh, the, the, the attacks on the kids, you know, they're, they're, very, um, they, they, they're very sort of hidden, right? They don't show a lot of straightforward gore, which is probably for the best. Uh, but I have to admit, the Robbie death was really sad. I mean, that poor little neglected kid. So we kind of hinted at, at it earlier, but yes, so he decides to, you know, run away from his family because of the changes that he's going through, and he ends up at a, like, a motel kind of area, although he has keys to it, because I guess it's a condo someone's trying to sell? Yeah? <laughs> hey, sure. We'll go with that. Sure. Well, they, they said uh, his wife, they made a point of his wife saying that he, like, one time in the past when he was sad, he went and cried in one of the oh. apartments. So that's how So we she know. was checking all the different locations. Yeah, the different locations that he would go there to... So, I mean, like, yeah, so and there's this little kid who, like, nobody's watching. He's, like, the cutest little, like, I don't know, he looks like he's seven or something. Ravi? 
<laughs> Robbie. That one was pretty sad. And that's when you like come up against the dilemma of the movie, right? So they're trying to push the envelope by going, crossing that line and hurting kids, which, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, like you're crossing a line. It's a big old taboo. And that's what horror movies are for. But it's also very aware of the fact that if you do it well, uh, people are going to, half the people are going to hate it or 90% of the people are going to hate it, right? Because it's too disturbing. Uh, so they, I feel like, you know, they, they, they kind of try to, you know, they, they, they split the difference. And so it kind of leaves you feeling like they split the difference. <laughs> what yeah. did you think? Or what did you guys think? I, would, I, I don't know if I'd say they split the difference, considering that not only do they kill the kids, but he also consumes them. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like tonally there was a little bit of an issue where I kind of wanted it to be more over the top. Right. But I, I kind of yeah, wanted the kids hard. to get killed in like ways that are so horrible that it's funny kind of thing, you know? Well, that the it, biting off the fingers in the very first part in the in the forest was kind of funny, but that poor kid. <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt like weird. Yeah, because again, totally, it felt, I felt bad for the kid too. Like, yeah. It, it does, it's not like, I don't know, it's like... It, There's no satisfaction in any of the kills because of that, you know? I feel like you want to like almost root for the clown character in a way, you know? <laughs> yeah, because that's and the only that. way to save Kent. You know, the clown's a guy that consume five children. Yeesh, yeesh. And then can we talk about the bully? Because the bully was... The, bully, the two they, they didn't develop the... Uh, well, I mean, no, they, you know, they did, they, they hit all the hallmarks, right, of developing, like, here, here's a bad guy, but he's still, like, a little kid, and because mm. he's 10, he's an extra little kid, and yeah, he's a little fucking shit, but, um, like, the not enough, right? <laughs> and then, well, my favorite part was when, uh, the camera's moving through the kid's house as he's playing what looks like a faux Halo Something on, on his TV. And um, they, they come on, like, the family portraits on the wall. And he's in a, in a bunch of them, because, of course, you know, that's his house. And they're all in black and white. But even in the pictures, he just looks like a little shit, too. <laughs> he's got this look on his face, like... <laughs> and even then, they're trying to tell you, like, don't like this kid. He's a jerk. Yeah. He yeah. deserves what's coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's 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 made even better by the fact that like his friends were also like on the voice comms playing the game uh when kent or the clown kent in this case arrives to the bully's house you hear like the other bully basically like telling uh his other friends everything that went down prior to that day to <laughs> to kent's kid yeah, uh, Jack, so, like, the dad's hearing all of this, and then, you know, one thing kind of leads to another, and you, of course, you know, you got the typical video game shenanery with kids, you know, cussing nonstop, teabagging each other, uh, mm -hmm. in the game. Uh, but, man, can't say that kid didn't have it coming. Yeah, exactly. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so, uh, okay, so now he's, he's eating this kid. And this is kid number two. Are we counting the little kid with the fingers? No, right? I don't I know mean, what counts. I guess. Because if that was the case, it could have just taken a few fingers from a couple of different kids. Right. He well, that was, that was before he had, like, the full hunger. 
Yeah, and, true. He was still oh, early in the transformation. Still early in, in, in winter. But I see that we need more established rules. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> Eli Roth, and John Watts. <laughs> like, we need, like, Gremlins-level rules. Like, at 12, like, at what point does he eat the kids and how much does the kid does he have to eat? Mm-hmm. And, you know... And why? And why? Why doesn't he eat the bones or like actually throw the bones away? Oh, you know, you're just like leaving a mess. Leaving a mess. <laughs> All right. So we he hits on the he hits the bully, and then at this point, is this when he goes to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> yeah, we at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> the Chuck E. Cheese part. Uh, okay. That okay. Was- be- before before we say that, we did get a little bit more uh, background on Carlson and his brother, like for right. what the suit was used for. Uh, so basically, Carlson's brother uh, was a doctor, and he would use the suit uh, to like entertain the terminally ill kids at the hospital. Uh, and basically, to help his brother out, they were sneaking out like five terminally ill kids to feed to the demon in order to save his brother's life and that's how he got him out of the suit and afterwards you know they tried to uh destroy the suit by any means necessary whether it's burn it you know drop it in acid you know nothing was really working uh and you know it's just one of those things it's just constantly coming back so kind of stereotypical of what you would expect with like I don't know, you know, the Necronomicon or things also from Tales from the Crypt that we've seen time and time again, or like the cursed uh, videotape constantly reappearing, or the Babadook uh, pop-up book. You know, we've we've seen this kind of trope happen fairly often uh, in the genre, and this also aids right into that. Definitely. And now we get to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Now we get to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) So... So right off, so first off the bat, I thought for sure that they were creating their own like this is Chuck E. Cheese, but it's not really. And I was looking, <laughs> and I was looking at the. Uh, they have the shots logo, of the car yeah. where you can see the logo mm-hmm. reflected in the windshield of the car, and it was actually Chuck E. Cheese, which kind of blew me away because. I changed my mind. This movie's awesome. Does that mean, <laughs> like, does that mean they got clearance from Chuck? Because you can't just put Chuck E. Cheese in your movie. Feeling wrong? Well, here, when he's not busy, you know. I guess. Doing other stuff. I guess my point would just be the fact that we never get an appearance from Charles E. Entertainment. <laughs> you know, no, he never shows no up. <laughs> But I wonder, like, I, I it really makes me wonder because Chuck E. Cheese is on the verge of going out of business, if not have it's already gone out of business. Really? And I'm wondering if they were Why? so desperate that they were willing to basically yeah. lend their name to a horror movie that's going to talk about clowns like eating kids at Chuck E. Cheese, and they were just like, "Screw it, we don't care. Any promotion is good promotion." But, like that. You know what I got a lot out of that Chuck E. Cheese scene was just how disgusting Chuck E. Cheese jungle gyms are. <laughs> or just any jungle gym in general, right? It That's... doesn't have to be Chuck E. Cheese, but like those ball pits, like I've always when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. loved loved me a fucking in fact ball pits didn't become a, a thing until I was already a little too old for ball pits. Mm-hmm. But I still kinda snuck in, you know, I mean, I want I like the ball pits. Anyways, but they're gross, of course, because you can't possibly clean them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then like I love the just uh the everything was so weirdly like haunted house, but you're crawling through it. 
everything's so dark, but of course also dirty because kids are just touching it with their grubby little hands. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, those things are so gross. So but that's what I got. I, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I had one major complaint about this whole sequence, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with what actually happens. It's the fact that no Chuck E. Cheese that I had ever been to had a miniature golf course <laughs> inside. That, that, that was bullshit. <laughs> I was like, where is this place? They, Because they're definitely, there's no, that sort of, a, a, like, an establishment, does, it's not big enough to have, like, a nine-hole mini golf course. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not there. No, we, we had a Chuck E. Cheese near us when I was a kid growing up, and it definitely didn't look like that inside at all. I think they must have created their own set and didn't film inside. Of course, inside. oh, of course, because the way that I don't think they exist like that. And, and I mean, and what I'm thinking about most is uh, areas where only they're only really accessible to children because they're too small for adults to get through. Like, there were several, like, intersections, if mm -hmm. you want to call them that, in the, in the set, where I would think, like, well maybe a small adult can get through there. And then there are these kids are having conversations amongst themselves. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. I mean, when you go to a Chuck E. Cheese, and I think the last time I went to one with like my niece and nephew was like 10 years ago. They were like, everything has like a front facing sort of access, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This was also before they started serving beer to the adults. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Hilarious. But adults drinking beer. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. They gotta put up with it somehow. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole place, you walk in and it's not non-stop screaming. Mm -hmm. Like top of your lungs screaming because all the kids are so excited. With very terrible like, oh. pizza. Oh my oh, yeah. god. <laughs> and of course the conspiracies about the fact that they reuse the pizza. Because and, and why wouldn't you? Those kids exactly. can't tell the fucking difference. Totally, so, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> but I also want to say, uh, it reminded me, I don't know if it was an intentional reference or not, but that scene also reminded me a lot when at the end of that scene, when everybody's running out in horror and he's, it reminded me of Jaws when at the beach, <laughs> when everybody's trying to run out of the beach because the shark is there and everyone's sort of, it just, I was like, this reminds me of that scene a lot. I don't know if they did that intentionally, but. I thought that was kind of funny too. So this was brought up in one of some uh, in some other reviews that I that I saw online about how why were there no cops at all involved? <laughs> like there's all these kids going down throughout this little fucking town and like they never you know show up and like at all really like I think they they um, when when Cloyd makes it runs away and it's just uh, what's his face <laughs> Peter. That's his real name. Uh, and, then, and then and then they're like, freeze. And then you're like, okay, here's a cop coming. Yeah. But, like, there's no, like, town-wide bulletin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Your kids yeah. at home, blah, blah, blah. Which, you know what, would have been kind of an interesting little montage. And they had uh, flip phones a lot in this movie, I noticed. But it was 2014. Well, they made it in 2012, right? So that's the other thing that I noticed was that this movie was oddly dated. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it weird? And I mean, it's still in the 2000s and the, the late, later 2010, mm. no, I guess early, whatever, the, the 2010s. And it still seemed a little like dated. Mm. It did have weird, it almost felt like I couldn't tell if they were doing it on purpose or if it was literally. No, I think dated. it's just the time of, I, mm. I just think that maybe things are kind of moving a little quicker these days in terms of like the way that things 
seem dated now. Mm. It's only a couple of years as opposed to like a decade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's almost it's almost like the technology was uh, progressing faster than the metamorphosis in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. There's that. He he had the main character had a smartphone. But one of the other main characters had one of those old flip phones where it's like the, whole the brick with the, the part that flips out, almost like one of those original cell phones <laughs> from the old days. Uh, but yeah, no, that that was kind of that was a little bit strange. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I think the the highlight of the movie by far for me is definitely the the blood and severed arm flowing down the slide that initially incites that mass panic inside the building. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I mean, it was really jarring, and it really like, it, and it just began the 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 mob scene. Mm-hmm. So the, okay. that that was pretty. The panic, yeah, that was pretty good. Definitely. And it feels really wrong saying things are good when you're talking about like kids getting hurt. There is even still, I mean, like, um, you know, John, you were saying that it might have been easier as a viewer uh, if the the death or or the mayhem and was more outlandish and more cartoonish. Yeah, I felt like it needed to be more the movie in general and the violence needed to be more over the top Mm. because they in order for us to go way out away from reality. A reality, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like it makes it easy. Like, you can deal with killing kids in a more fun and entertaining way if they're dying in these horribly <laughs> over-the-top ways where it's so crazy that it's, like, it's funny, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where, I, again, it kind of, I feel like the tonal issue, I wanted them to push it a lot further. Mm-hmm. There's that. And, you know, we've um, we've reviewed other movies on our show, that involved kids getting hurt. Um, I'm having a hard time saying the whole sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing <get> kids. <laughs> but uh, there is, okay, so we watched the movie during Christmas time, The Children, mm-hmm. which I wasn't a, a, a big fan of it, but, um, you know, it's a horror movie. I watched it. So in that one, the kids uh, contract a virus that makes them, you know, homicidal. <laughs> and so in order to defend themselves, some adults end up killing some kids mm-hmm. and um and the violence on that one was i i actually kind of appreciated because they stayed serious mm-hmm. but then like the death scenes were very like quick simple mm-hmm. and like more like you kind of kind of realize how little it takes and you're right. like oh no because mm-hmm. it was more like push oh my god that did it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and, and so in this one the violence is 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 louder mm-hmm. and we're talking like flying chainsaws and well not chainsaws but rotating blades i think that's that's appropriate okay but um so it was kind of interesting you know like what you were saying like it would have been easier to uh to talk about even if it was more outlandish Mm. yeah i feel like yeah because it's you know a little more evil dead kind of vibe i guess i would say just because yeah the topic you know clowns killing people that's just like it was like they were sort of straddling this line between keeping things sort of grounded and realistic, but yeah. then also you're dealing with like d- ancient demons and, that and was definitely clown suits. Yeah, and that yeah. was yeah, definitely like a strategy was like keeping it grounded, and you know that's a choice. Yeah, um, it is, it, I mean it is overall a good movie, but yeah, like, yeah, I have to say that too. Like I enjoyed it. It's like, I, I thought it was a good movie, and uh, but I, I guess we just had a lot of had a lot of notes, but. <laughs> 
it's one of those situations like I I have this happens for me a lot with uh, horror movies and genre movies where it's good but you're just like it's like you see how they could have almost like a classic or a cult classic on their hands mm -hmm. if they just like went that extra bit mm -hmm. but and it's so close that you're like oh it's so close it's so close yeah, you know in fact somebody online was talking about how um it would have i mean we were just going through a list of actors that we would have wanted to see in the role um only because it's the titular role or the the main role rather than because we we didn't think that the actor that that was a clown did a bad job but uh nicholas cage gets thrown around mm -hmm. and um and first of all, that man can do no wrong. <laughs> he should be in everything. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Uh, I think like the one moment, like even leading up to the blood slide, you know, you kind of had that moment where one of the kids passes one of the girls and she <laughs> warns him, uh, you, you shouldn't go up there. So, like, she had an idea of what was going on, you would have to assume. But, like, the fact that she was able to get away was kind of, like, the thing that threw me off. Because after he consumes the one kid and you see the separate arm, you know, sliding down uh, on the blood. At that point, like, the demon has already consumed, like, four kids at that point. So, you know, we're just down to one. So, it's just, mm -hmm. like... You had easy access, so I don't know if it was just, okay, let me just torment the town a little bit longer, like, what the situation was there. But it just, it felt weird having that sort of dialogue between the two where, you know, it yeah. led you to believe, like, okay, this girl knows what's up, and then, you know, the kid just ignores her anyway. I like that, though. I, mean, I kind of, I dug that kid, because it also gives you a weird sense of, like, this play is more adventure than, like, play for the kids you know when you go in there it's like you don't know what might happen mm -hmm. and and so uh it could happen that she kind of saw a clown moving through the space and from you know corner of her eye and was not within his like you know you know what i mean with that within his scope of vision mm -hmm. and so but yeah, but like that's that's a really good point. But yeah, she stuck out too, and I kind of I dug that kid. Well, I mean, it, it is also worth noting, like the kid that got eaten in the slide was also looking for his friend at the time, who was the his brother, who was the one his who, uh, yeah, his brother who had died in the ball pit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I thought the kid who was about to get attacked, and then clown went after his brother, and kid got away, but brother. Mm, okay, so got they just it. got separated. Okay. Yeah, because it was like, it's time to go, right? Wasn't he doing that? I, yeah. I, Brother or friend, but it seemed I like it was a smaller... I that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, a kid gets <laughs> eaten in the ball pit. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was like... And it's so funny when the kid was like, somebody peed in the ball pit because the socks are all mm -hmm. wet. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, I'm sure that happens every day. <laughs> and chuckle, 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 chuckle cheese. Chuckle cheese. <laughs> yeah. But I do like oh, the, I mean, Chuggy e. Cheese became sort of notable for a place where, like, crazy violence would break out. Really? End. Yeah, because in the, kind of in the tail end of things over the last couple of years, they from became the notable from, like, adults fighting and getting drunk and stuff going down yeah, there. Yeah, it's because so. they started serving beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was only 10 cents. Yeah. They're like, so, just, but guys, just think of the profits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I can imagine that, and again, the constant, nonstop screaming, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chuggy cheese. I, 
a place where a clown will attack you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like so, right after that scene is when you get the the very um, the 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 time where the wife has her moral dilemma and mm-hmm. fails. Which is where she's trying to take a kid and she goes after one kid that's just like hanging out (laughs) and then like decides against it, goes into her car. Well, she doesn't decide against it. The mom shows up. Then goes into her car and then a kid comes to her and we're like, hi, can I please get in your car? I remember you from blah, 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 dentist or something or you seem nice. Mm -hmm. And then gets in her car. So and I I, kind of like that scene. She was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, and then that girl kind of runs out of the car. And well, the she like, she she drops her off, yeah. like well, where she, they're supposed to meet mm-hmm. to to have a kid to eat. Yeah, hey, this isn't right. my house. She brings her to sacrifice him mm-hmm. to right. the clown, right? right? Or her to the clown? Her to the clown. Was that right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then uh, and then she's trying to get back in the car, and and uh, and wife is like. <laughs> yeah. and then she cha- and then she changes her mind but then the kid's like doesn't know what to trust who to trust and yeah. then runs away which ended up being okay right she was fine yeah right she yeah, didn't get eaten so, yeah all right but and then the one cop in the fucking town shows up yeah eventually <laughs> you know <laughs> oh. it feels like there's definitely not like as I said, like I liked this movie. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these elements, there was like elements for a stronger story. You know, him, a character arc for the main character, a character arc for the wife who mm-hmm. like, you know, is sort of coming to terms with what's going on and then is horrified by what's going on, but then ends up helping and trying to maybe get him free by sacrificing him. Like the elements are all there for this kind of, much better version, but it feels a little bit fragmented. Like it didn't all connect quite right. You know, they, they should have had like a montage where Kent is trying to build the treehouse or whatever the fuck Jack wanted. Uh, and just have it like absolutely collapse on his son to the point where <laughs> Meg's father is so pissed off. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's what you get when you have Kent try to build anything around here. And then, you know, her father just ends up rebuilding it for it, and it's, you know, perfectly fine. But then you have that resentment between the father yeah. and Kent. <laughs> you know, just just something to build off of. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it was a little bit, like, the main character was definitely a little too just kind of the hapless guy. Like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, I, but he was good. At it, but yeah, there's a little bit. It wasn't his fault. It was was how it was written, I guess. Yeah, because that's the thing. He's not like a. He's a good guy, so you want him to win. Yeah, on one hand, you want him to kind of get out of it, and yeah, you you want him to eat that fifth child. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like yeah, the eating the kids thing and how they kind of deal with that morally it's not right. totally thought through I right, think. and I was saying like you kind of want him to get out of that costume but like I didn't start watching a movie called Clown so that yeah. Clown doesn't eat people <laughs> well I, I think the the main takeaway there is in order for Kent to be freed like the demon's plan was to eat Jack like that would have been the right. final kill so then the parents would have been left without a child at that point yeah Mm. Interessante. (laughs) 
Well, let's see. So we talked about Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, at this point, um, and then of course the car ride with the with the little girl, but she makes she runs away. Um, at this point, we're going back to the house, right? Mm-hmm. We end up back at the house, and we have probably one of my favorite scenes, which is the demon clown dog attack. I mean, at first I was like, <laughs> why is a fucking dog evil? And then I remembered that he ate the nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. Okay. I for- I actually did- forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm like, where did this yeah, come why, from? Like, why is this happening? <laughs> And yeah. I was like, oh, he ate the nose. Yeah, Shadow got a taste for blood and, you know, went full Cujo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a very good dog actor, by the way. And then, of course, out comes Carson, chops the head off the dog, saves the day for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, also, the clown gets his head chopped off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I'm jumping too much. But... Well, there's a whole, like, fight scene, right? So. Right. Um, they're down. They're they're in the garage, right? And so uh, Wifey um, is trying is fighting clown. And honestly, this is where we see the full transformation, right? Because mm-hmm. this is yeah, he's full demon. Which was a wonderful monster. Was cool. It was a really really good looking monster. And I kind of wish we'd seen more of him. I wish that he transformed yeah. earlier. But then again, or you know what I mean? Like move some scenes around so that we got to see the final form of the demon clown like around more because it was terrifying. Yeah. That was good. He kind of reminded me of Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Because of his length. Mm-hmm. He kind of had that feel to it a little yeah. bit. The way he kind of walked. And a random horn out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's where that come from. But that's fine. He's yeah, I feel like if this arms. was an 80s horror movie, he would have been the full demon clown by like halfway into the story. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that would have been fun. A lot earlier. And then uh, we, uh, so they're fighting, they're fighting, and uh, at one point, the clown, the coin, <laughs> realizes that uh, wifey's pregnant, sticks mm-hmm. a nail in her butt. And then, though, she yells, Jack, run away. And then he's like, oh, let me go eat that kid. Where I'm like, why didn't he just, you know, burn in the hand, right? But I yeah. guess that would have been too gruesome. Yeah, that would get pretty dark. That would get pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, the tonal kind of thing. It's a, it is a me. delicate dance, you know? <laughs> There was, um, you know, I'm sorry, like, T, we, you, I don't know if you've got anything in particular you wanted to hit on. I mean, not really. Like, I, I do appreciate the fact that, like, Meg takes an axe to the demon's head and it doesn't fully yeah. detach. So it still, like, like, reanimates at that point. So, like, you kind of yeah. have, like, that really cartoonish-esque, like, reanimation sequence, which is really cool, yeah. which I like to see. So it's like, it's like, oh, you got to finish the job, dude. Come on. You said full decapitation, not like, oh, there's still a muscle attached. So, yeah, got to gotta make sure you fully swing through. And then, of course, oh. Oh, I was just going to say the classic slasher you know it's dead he's dead he's not dead yeah he's gonna which pop is back fine up. i mean we kind of knew it when you saw that little thing yeah. or that little that connection you're like that that thing's not done and then uh and then jack's like that's not dead and then mom's ready to kill and then you get the very sad like the clown comes off and there's dad yeah you know every time <laughs> i see that happening in movies because of course it's a trope at this point mm-hmm. uh is uh i was gonna get in big trouble <laughs> Because now this, yeah, now this monster's a human again. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, 
it's like the werewolf movie right, where when yeah. he gets killed, it transforms back to the human. Yeah, it's just going to be like, a decapitated guy when the cops show up. And they're going to be like, um, uh, someone's going to jail. Totally. He was fucking us. Was he? <laughs> and know. then, like, what's the kid going to say? He was a killer clown. He was a monster. Exactly. <laughs> Oh. Mom's going to jail. And like, what happened to your dad over here? Because the dad gets his mandible ripped off. Yeah, yeah, he got his and his off. and clearly his neck broken. Because otherwise, it would have just been mandibleless. <laughs> yeah, good luck explaining it to the cops. So yeah, oh yeah, I, I just saw my mom rip off my dad's head. <laughs> Luckily, there's no cops in this town. So yeah, so it's not. You only got to convince one cop. Yeah, there's just, just one. one. You can just pay him off. It's fine. And he's pretty much used. <laughs> Mr. Andy Griffin, I swear to you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That was, but, yeah, the movie's a lot of fun. Um, it was a very tough topic to tackle. Because they went, like, it was, it's, a, you know, it's, come on, man. Like, it's kind of rough. You know, how do you make a, even, okay, so we, we reviewed, uh, in early days, we reviewed the movie called The Bad Seed, which is about yeah. a little homos- uh, a psychotic little girl in this, like, in the 1950s. The, fir- the original. The original. Yeah. And it is fucking rad. It holds up. Yeah. Uh, at the end, and I think they did this because <laughs> in the audiences, they felt that the audiences couldn't deal with the little girl getting away with killing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets struck by lightning, and that's how she <laughs> dies. Yeah, she and gets then the smited way- by God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 1950s religion, that's definitely, it's like, but, she got smited by God, exactly. And the best part is that it's not because it was the 1950s and because it was a little kid, it wasn't like struck by lightning, you get to see some body horror. Right. No, it was like struck by lightning and poof, she doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a tough subject. I mean, we've saw, like in Krampus, there's some... Kids get eaten, but they get eaten by a jack-in-the-box that's gigantic that then spits them out whole. Like, they never yeah. hurt. Well, that, that was the thing is that I was kind of thinking how, you know, you could have that do it really cartoony where the clown sort of grows a giant mouth and just swallows the kid whole. Oh, and it's also, I think, in... Um, reminds me of that movie Spirited Away that oh, where yeah. the nothing... Face guy eats people or eats creatures, and then he throws them up at the end, and they're alive and they're fine. Yeah, like, they, it's fine, everyone. They could have almost even gone that route, where like once he's defeated or something, you know. But I guess he got he got defeated by being decapitated. But he did didn't he accomplish eating also eating the five kids, which also would have sort of dispelled the demon. Am I? Wrong about that? I thought that I think it ended at four. Five? What's that? I'm pretty sure he it ended four. at four. Yeah, because oh, okay. otherwise, if he'd eaten the five, the two would come off. Yeah, because right. yeah. Jack was going to be the last target. Right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have gone greedy. He just should have stuck around Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kid. yeah. <laughs> There's kids all over the place. There's kids all over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he, he had an all you can eat buffet there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, that's pretty good looking ahead next week we have some uh, some experimental horror to cap off our fear of clown month as we are talking Santa Sangre uh, released in 1989 and I'm probably gonna fucking butcher this <laughs> directed by Alejandro oh Jesus Christ uh <laughs> 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 uh, J- Jodorowsky? 
Yeah. Got a roasty? It's something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's what oh, jeez. Okay, so I rewatched this movie and I you know, Holly, I don't think I had fully seen it all the way through prior. I had seen uh, good chunks of it. Uh, and I rewatched it last night. I still have so many questions about this movie. So I'm gonna rewatch it again, lead it into our next episode. But you know, it's a very interesting piece. Uh, which not all of the ideas land, but there's a lot of cool imagery in that movie and a lot of really great sequences that I can't wait to talk about. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can make a little bit more sense of it as we kind of like trounce our way through it. There is a, an elephant in an elephant sized coffin. Mm-hmm. That's fucking insane, and it's 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 artsy as fuck, and I'm so excited about it. This is the guy who was supposed to do Dune in the '70s, by the way. That's was right. And he, huh. yeah, yeah, there's a whole documentary about that, yeah, right? And how he was yeah. gonna have like a like every planet in in the in mm-hmm. that universe was gonna have its own like house band. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, and he, that would have been an amazing Dune. Although I'm I I really love David Lynch, but yeah. Mm-hmm. He sort of famously weird created a book of the how he would do his dude movie that went around Hollywood and was very influential back in the really? early seventies. Really, that's neat. I need to watch that. I haven't seen that documentary. Influenced movies like Alien and Star Wars and things like that. So he's a really influential filmmaker. For he's sure. like ninety-seven. I don't know if he can pull mm-hmm. out that Dune anymore. Yeah, and he did Holy Mountain, which is very crazy. Oh right. Well, he movie. did like there's like nine famous movies by him, mm-hmm. which I'm think I'm gonna start watching. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm still it's very looking good. forward to it's that. Very good. Yeah. yeah, so that that is next week, Santa Sangre, uh, and. You know, I'm sure that's one of those movies that probably not a lot of our listeners have seen. Mm-hmm. And they should. Wow. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's on a lot of, like, the top, like, 500 film lists. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, well, I was going to start talking about it, but that's for next week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're not there yet. But anyways, <laughs> if you guys are looking to contact the show, of course, you can do so a couple of different ways. Uh, you can find us over on YouTube at Handle with Scare Pod. You could follow us on Twitter at Handle with Scare. Uh, if you want to send us an email or contact us that way, you can also do that at Handle with Scare Pod at gmail.com. And find everything else in between on our website at Handle with Scare Pod.com. Uh, so, with that being said, guys, you've been listening to Handle with Scare. This has been episode number 52. Talking the very aptly named clown for our clown month. I've been your host, Tumbly Drunk, joined as always by my co-hosts, Holly Hooch and John. And we'll see you guys back next week. Have a good one.